Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. It's the 1st of December. Welcome, Summer. It's so good that Summer is here. I'm very excited about Summer. Um, the, the thing about the 1st of December, a fact that should not escape you, is that Christmas is like less than four weeks away. Isn't that, doesn't that freak you out? I mean, it, it does freak me out a little bit. Is there anybody here that's just totally prepared, got, got Christmas completely covered? Just a couple of you? Yeah, yeah, that, okay, okay. There's always someone. But for the most of us, uh, you probably feel like maybe it's a little bit stressful. You've got a lot of things to plan and a, and a lot of things to organize. And that's kind of like Christmas. That's what, that's what Christmas is a little bit sometimes. I know the song. Uh, they say, tis the season to be no, stressed out and anxious and worried and freaking out about all the stuff that you were supposed to get done that you didn't get done. At Christmas time, there are so many reasons why people can end up stressed. Sometimes we just spend money that we don't have because we didn't put it in our Christmas budget. And at the beginning of the year, Christmas seems like such a long way away. You probably thought you had time to save the difference. I'll put something aside. Now it's Christmas and you don't have that. And so now you've got to sort of figure that out. It's time to go to the shops. Uh, it, is, it is time to, uh, in, in so many ways, it's, it's not meant to be the time to get stressed, but it is super easy for that to happen. And so I just want to give you some help today. And uh, just a little tip, just because I love you, because I care about you. If you buy anything that needs assembly, I want you to get ahead and download the Airtasker app, okay? And, and so if any of you are planning on shopping at Ikea, get the Airtasker app, you know? and make sure you get that so that when it comes time for that thing to be built, someone else can do the thing that you hate. And so uh, uh, do whatever you can to reduce the stress that you can have at around about this time. Because to be honest, uh, Christmas can be a stressful time and it is can be a joyous time, but it can be stressful as well. A few little tips for you if you want to completely avoid all the stressful things at Christmas. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay, Matt's ready. So that's good. <laughs> Uh, Matt's always ready. He's just ready to go. But if you want to avoid, avoid all the distress at Christmas, uh, number one, just stay indoors and, and uh, don't leave your home and uh, don't get in the car. Don't drive around on the streets. And for the love of God, do not go to Eastland Shopping Center. And so, and so if you do all these things, I can nearly promise you a stress-free Christmas. But, um, you know, because there is just a lot going on. So as I said, tis the season to be uh, jolly. But also there's a lot of things that happen in our lives around about Christmas uh, that don't happen the rest of the year. Let me give you a great example of that. So at Christmas time, you have to see people uh, that you don't normally have to see. Um, and the reason why you might avoid seeing them or the reason that you don't have to see them, but you do see them at Christmas is because they are actually related to you. And so at Christmas time, uh, you have to invite the people that you don't, you don't, you wouldn't necessarily always be close with these people, but because you're related, they are in your world, right? And I don't know about you, but there's always some kind of strange person in your family. Um, how many of you, just let me ask the question, how many of you would know the strange, like the weird one in your family? A couple of people. If you're not putting your hands up, it's you. That's what they're all saying about you. And, and, and so you're the weird one. And then, and so I want you to think about that when you go to Christmas. But the truth is, is that, uh, yeah, there, that you, you come into proximity with people that you might uh, not ordinarily see. Uh, I think it's easy, like I said, to spend money that you don't have to impress people you don't need to impress. As a dad, 
I can tell you that uh, it's easy to get carried away when you're buying gifts for your kids. And what I want to do is I want to impress my kids. And, and, and I'll tell you what would really impress uh, our kids is if we don't start the new, the new year uh, in debt. That would be really good and not spending what we don't have. In fact, um, I, I don't know, some of you might have kids here uh, tonight and some of you don't, but kids are meant to grow up loving you because you spend time with them. So it's your presence, not the presents that you give them at Christmas time. And if you have kids and they don't feel like that, well, we'll pray for you because you, you probably need it and they need help too. So, um, you know, it, it's easy to spend money that you don't have. Here, here's, here's a really weird one. Uh, I came across this a few years ago. It's that there is a, a percentage of people that stress out at Christmas for a really bizarre reason. At Christmas time, 15% of people stress out because they need to be nice to other people. Isn't that weird? It's like for the rest of the, pray for that person. You know, it's kind of weird. It's, it's like rest of the year, you're not happy. And then it's like, great. It's Christmas. Guess I'll have to be nice. Again, at this time of year, I think it's weird that people would stress out about having to be nice. Sometimes Christmas can be stressful because you compare how you're doing at life. It's almost one of those seasons that kind of stitches up the end of the year. And you can start to think back and say, what did I really accomplish this year? And what did I really get done? And and, and look back over your life and become a little bit contemplative. And so you can start to compare how you're doing to other people. That in and of itself is stressful. I think the whole gift buying thing can be stressful. We have this little hack in my family, uh, which I organized this year. And the way that we do our gifts is that we signed up online and and, and it's called like a secret Santa. So you go to the website and you, you fill in everybody's email addresses and the computer works it out. The internet works it out. And so um, it, it says, right, you're buying for this person and they're buying for that person, right? And then it does something amazing. It actually sends you an email saying you're buying for this person. And by the way, if you'd like to tell the person who's buying for you what you want, you can fill it in right now and just send it on to them. So here we are, uh, three weeks out from Christmas, and I already know I'm getting my sister-in-law a $50 Endota Spa voucher. Thank God that the best gift that she could give me is telling me what to get her. Because going to the shops at Christmas time and having no frame of reference for what to get, it's a nightmare, okay? And and so all of this stuff, um, you know, it's not one thing, it's like multiple things, you know? And and so uh, how many of you know that if you have one challenge in life, you can handle it? And then what happens is stress starts to stack. So you have one issue that you're dealing with, you got this, you can do it. A couple of things and you're like, hey, This isn't the best, but I can deal with this. Three things, you're starting to feel the weight and the pressure. You have four things that are starting to stress you out in your life. You're like, I'm starting to come apart, but I'm going to look like I've got it together. Five things. Now we're just getting you a counselor. We're just going to organize it early. We're getting you a counselor. Six, the stack starts to tip and you feel like things are falling apart everywhere. And I've seen this happen a thousand times. The, the, the bad part about stress is that when you carry it for long enough, and if you hold on to stress for long enough, you get what's called anxiety. And anxiety is a horrible thing that a huge percentage of our uh, generation and population, especially in the Western world, it's something that they deal with. And, and so when it comes to anxiety, uh, and you've, if you have things in your life that you're anxious about, you've got to be aware with how you cope with that stress. Now, here's what we do know. 
at this time of year, around about this season, drinking alcohol goes up as people try to deal with their anxiety. That's true. We know at around about this time of year, people, it says that loneliness goes up. That's the statistic. That's how it's written. And I don't even know if that's really true. I think it's more likely that at this time of year, people become more aware of how lonely they really are and they become more aware of it. And then here's the thing that I read a few years ago. I said, from Christmas to New Year's Eve, it's just wall-to-wall domestic violence. And so if you read what paramedics say and you read what the police say, there are issues going on everywhere. And why? Because people are put into stressful circumstances and situations and things that they would normally avoid, they can't avoid them anymore. And it's a terrible place to be. Here is what Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinks, so is he. So if you're thinking something, if it's on the inside, it's going to move eventually to the outside. What's in you is going to come out of you. This will happen eventually to anyone that has a lot of stuff going on here. It's eventually going to start to affect your outer life. And this happens to me all the time. In case you haven't been able to figure this out, I am a verbal processor. I, 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 I talk my way through situations as I'm thinking them through. It's part of how I process things. And this is, um, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. My wife and I will go down to watch my son play basketball. And, and you know, I'm sure the coach is doing a good job, but yeah, he does need my help. And so um, as, as my kids are playing basketball, I start to call out, stuff. Now, I'm, there are times when I'm like completely unaware that I'm even doing it, and yet the words are coming out. And my wife will like hit me and she'll say things like, shh, like you, parents are not supposed to say anything. That's one of the rules of the association. So if you're a parent, you sit there and you can encourage, but there's to be no extra coaching, okay? And so, and so for me, that happens, you know? I am the kind of person that will walk along and break out into song for absolutely no reason. The weird thing, well, thank you, everybody. The 6 p.m. service is the best at Bright Church. Where was all this encouragement this morning? Don't know what's wrong with those people. But anyway, uh, so I, I mean, this does happen to me. I'll be walking and I will just break out into song. I was actually at a, a meeting with some of the state leaders from the movement that we're a part of. And I was there and, and, and I actually... I actually burst out into song and I don't know why. And it wasn't even like some holy worship song. I was actually singing Let It Go from the movie Frozen. And, and, so, and so it just came out. And, and, and while it was coming out, I wasn't actually aware of it. And then I had this moment like, shut up. And, and I didn't realize why I was doing it because what is in you will sometimes come out of you. Here's the scary part. You may not even be aware of it when it happens, okay? Now, why is this important? Because when it comes to anxiety, it is gonna eventually emerge and come out of you. Now, I'm gonna, I wanna give you guys a little bit of a test. Uh, full disclosure, 9 a.m. service failed this question, but I believe that you guys are so much smarter than them. So, so here is the test for you this morning. Did you know that, that, that Christmas is Jesus' birthday? 
I knew you guys would get it. So, so Christmas is Jesus's birthday, right? And what does it say at Christmas time? What, what do we know about Jesus? Except uh, when he came, he came to bring peace on earth, right? Okay, so Jesus came and brought peace on earth. And then you say, well, hang on, wait a minute. Look around at the world that we see today. And what do we find? Is this a peaceful place? No, it's actually not. So did Jesus fail? Absolutely not. The peace on earth that Jesus came to bring was peace between us and God. See, there is a problem with people, and, and the problem that we have is this issue called sin. Sin separates people from God. When Jesus came from heaven to earth and died on the cross for our sins, by the way, this is what we call the gospel, which means good news, and this is why it's good news, He paid the penalty for our sin, meaning that if you have a relationship with God right now tonight, there is nothing that separates you from your Father who is in heaven. How good is that? And so we have a relationship with God. This is the peace on earth that Jesus brought. And what better way to celebrate Jesus's birthday and this time of peace by getting completely stressed out and anxious? Now, weird? Do we celebrate the peace that He brought by getting anxious? To me, it doesn't make sense. I feel that it's strange that we do this, and yet we see it all the time. I want to read a scripture to you. This comes out of Philippians chapter 4. In verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. Look at the person next to you and say, Anything. Do it with more sass. I want to see more attitude in that. Say, Anything. All right. Now it says, All right, all right, enough fun. All right. Now listen to this next part. <laughs> it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Now, now turn to the person that you ignored the first time and say, in everything. Okay, so do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. What does it tell us to do? It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That is such an encouraging verse. But here's what I want to tell you guys tonight. I think the biggest battles that you'll ever face will be in your head. Right now tonight, there are a whole heap of people in this room, and you will have no idea what's going on inside of their head. But there can be a battle that's raging. People get anxious for all kinds of reasons. One of the things that makes people really anxious is just being in a room with other people, with a, with, with a crowd, you know? That's, that's enough for some people to get anxious. There are battles that people are facing and, and fighting and struggling with their mental health. There's all kinds of things that's going on, but you may never see it. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to talk about this. I think it's very important that we understand this at Christmas time. And I want to talk about the cycle of anxiety, because I think that this could be really helpful for some people that are here today. When we talk about the cycle of anxiety, there are four steps. I'm going to tell you the first one right now. The first step in the cycle of anxiety is that there is a trigger. There's always a trigger. There's something that sets you off. There's something that makes that feeling of anxiousness begin to creep up. You think about it even now. 
We're like three weeks away from Christmas, but you may be anticipating a moment of conflict with a family member that may sit at your table, around the table at Christmas time because you don't normally see them, someone that you don't normally get along with, but they're going to be there. You've even rehearsed the argument in the shower and you came up with all the good things that they would say and just how you'd get back at them and exactly what you'd say. And then they would know that you were right and they were wrong and you won the argument and it hasn't even happened yet, people. But it's easy to have a trigger that sets you off. There's something. And it just starts a thought in your head and it starts to run away with it. Now, when, now when you have that trigger thing happen in your life, there's, there's a response that most people will engage in. And the first response to that trigger is to try to control it. Now, there are a couple of different ways that people will try to control that cycle of anxiety or that trigger thing that happened. And one of the ways that they'll try to control it is to avoid the circumstance that brought on that anxiety in the first place. Now, uh, one of those things, that it's kind of sad in that way because if you try to avoid everything that's making you anxious, one of the things that you're not doing is actually dealing with it. You're just avoiding all the environments. How many walls can you put up in your life before you realize that you're isolated because all you've tried to do is remove yourself from everything that made you anxious? That's one of the ways that people do it. A second way that people try to get some control back from the cycle of anxiety is they try to numb the pain. There's all kinds of ways that people can numb the pain. Let me give you a couple, really easy. People can turn to drugs. People can turn to alcohol. People can turn to sex. People can turn to pornography. People can turn to all kinds of things. Sometimes it might be just movies. Maybe, maybe the way that you just try to get out of the world and get out of your own head is to just Netflix binge and just watch something and you're watching episode after episode. But it's far better to be watching that to engage in real life and realize that you have some challenges that you need to deal with. Now, these are the ways that people will get, try to get control back of, of their life. That leads you to step number three. And this is a really sad part because in step number three, you will realize that you get momentary peace from having tried to control your circumstances. And you will get it. I mean, those things, momentarily, they will work. And the sad part about step number three is that it reinforces that step number two actually does work. But there's a cost involved. Because if you think that those things work, eventually those things that you thought helped you actually end up trapping you. And then you end up with more anxiety in your life than you ever had before. And the cycle repeats itself because you suddenly realize at that moment, I can't control this. It's out of control. And sometimes just the fear of not being able to control it is something that can get inside of your mind and start to erode your soul and destroy your thoughts and how you think. And, and so the whole cycle is a vicious cycle. It's a horrible thing. And yet we are living in a nation where people are going through this all the time. Now, here's what I want to say to you tonight. Anxiety is not a sin. It's not a sin. Okay, You're not, you're not failing miserably if, if you struggle with a measure of anxiety and your mental health, whatever it is, you're not failing as a Christian. I think that's so important that we understand that. It's not a sin, but you don't want to make room for it either. Amen? Amen. Because you are not designed to carry that kind of weight. You're not supposed to live in a perpetual state of anxiety because what will eventually happen is that it will have a physiological effect on your body. 
and you are not meant to carry the weight of all of that. Now, if you've ever felt anxious, you're not alone. There are many people, in fact, I would go as far as to say this, every single person in this room at some point has felt anxious about something. And one of the reasons why we sometimes experience even momentary anxieties because some of us are just overthinkers. Do you know any overthinkers? Leave your hand up if it's you. Yep, yep. So we just overthink scenarios, circumstances. You have some interaction with someone and then you analyze the inflection of every word to see if they really do like you or if they were being fake or phony or something and, and there's stress. Some of you are laughing because you're like, I did that today. And so there are, you know, moments that we just play over and over in our heads and it's not healthy to continue to do that. But can I tell you, that while that is true, I 100% believe that a lot of what we see is actually a spiritual war that's taking place. And let me tell you why. Have you ever considered that the number one reason why we might experience all the stress and anxiety is because the devil wants to pull your focus from Jesus at Christmas? At the point in history where, uh, or, or in, in life where everyone celebrates Christmas. We literally celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And statistically, if you look at the facts, people celebrate that by focusing on everything but Jesus because they're totally stressed out about all the other stuff. And so the gospel gets lost in the stress of Christmas and we don't actually uh, uh, engage with the real message and what it's really about. I 100% believe that there is an agenda of the enemy to conceal the gospel at Christmas by making people stress out. Now here's something Charles Spurgeon said. He said, anxiety doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. Isn't that horrible? I think it's true. See, excessive worry makes you feel powerless, like there's no hope, like there's nothing that you can do. But I don't think that's actually true. In fact, what I want to do tonight is I want to tell you about one thing that I think you can do that will help you so much if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're starting to worry excessively. If you're not sure what to do, you're about to find out. And to, I was going to tell you, but it's so much better if I show you. So here's what I need tonight. I just need a couple of people to help me out. So I need someone who can represent Jesus. Do we have anyone that would say, I am so holy. I am so holy. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is it? All right. Really? Honestly, hands up. We need someone. Uh, someone put their hand up. Come on. Someone needs to be Jesus. If you don't put your hand up, I'll choose you. Hey, here we go. You'll do. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Hand up. Put your hands together for Jesus in a leather jacket. Here we go. All right. Now, uh, you, you really don't have to do too much and you don't even need to speak. So just totally don't want you to get anxious. That would be terrible. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm going to need another two volunteers. All right. So any two people just put your hands up really quickly. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. One. I need another one. Shawnee. Let's go. Stand up. You're going to go with Zach. He's going to take you out into the foyer. He's going to explain what's about to happen next. Now, 
here's what I want to do tonight. I want to help to unmask some of the things that can happen inside of your head. So what I'm going to show you is what it could look like in your mind. And it's just an illustration to help you get this. So firstly, Jesus, um, if, you would, if you would please take a seat right here. And uh, firstly, while I'm doing this, before we go any further, Jesus, thank you so much for being here. I, I, I really appreciate it. And, and by the way, might I add, you, you did so well with the gospel. I mean, you honestly nailed it. Could not have done it better myself. Um, could not have done it at all myself, actually. But, but, but now the thing is, is that I realize that you, um, I know that you can be everywhere at, at once because you're God, right? But, and you said, I'll be with you to the end of the age. And so thank you for being here. Now, um, Jesus, uh, firstly, in in this setting, you would see that I'm getting prepared to celebrate Christmas. That's what all of this is about. Welcome to the table inside of my head, inside of my mind. And it's so great to have you here. Now, I want you to know that I didn't forget that Christmas is all about you. That's why I have all of this here. So, so Christmas is all about you and it's all about your birthday. And I, wanted to, I want you to understand something. This Christmas, I'm just here to have time with you and spend time with you. And I just want to appreciate you. Okay, so thank you so much, Jesus. This this is how Christmas starts. It's all about Jesus, and you know it's about Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah you already got that, right? And so it starts off really good, but then there is a knock at the door. And you're like, Jesus, could you excuse me for just one minute? I'll be back in just a moment. And suddenly, there are a couple of thoughts that just wander into your mind, right? And you're like, well, uh, what are these thoughts and how did they get here? And so I want to introduce to you a couple of characters that will walk straight into your mind. Firstly, welcome Satan. It is highly unusual for you to be wearing a cross, but it's, I mean, that's good too. Now Satan can only be in one place at one time. Not like, not like Jesus. Jesus could be everywhere at once. So even though He's everywhere, right? He, he's still with me. And he's, remember He said that? And lo, I will be with you to the end of the age. And, and Satan, Satan's not like Jesus, okay? So Satan can only be in one place at one time. But He'll knock on the door of your life. He'll knock on your thought patterns and process. And He'll say, listen, I really can't stay. It is Christmas. I have a lot of people to mess up. But before I go, I just wanted to... In- drop off a little thought to you, right? And, and, and then let me introduce to you another thought. This is what we call anxiety, everybody. And he just drops off this, this big thought to you, um, much taller thought than this morning. And, and so he drops this thought off to you and then, and then he goes, but he just plants a little seed of a thought. So Satan, get out of here. You weren't welcome. You knew that. But anyway, uh, thanks for, for, Satan's not welcome in our minds. Don't laugh. Like, you know. So now this is where it gets weird. A seed thought gets planted in your head. And what do you do with it next? Now, this next part is really strange, but I've seen it happen a thousand times, right? So you say, well, you know, I didn't want you here, but you are here. So, oh my gosh, this is a little bit awkward, but there's only one seat at my table. And since I can't multitask and because, did you know humans can't multitask? Some people will tell you that they can. 
women will tell you that they can. The truth is all humans are the same, right? All we do is we switch in and out between different thoughts and different responsibilities at any time. No one can truly do two things at once. So since our mind can only focus on one thing at once, we've got this anxious thought. Here's what often happens. We say, Jesus, could you please get out of this seat? Anxiety, won't you take a seat? And this is where it starts to get really strange because now what do I do when I have the seed thought of anxiety, of something that I'm worried about? I start to entertain that thought. Now, what am I doing? I'm entertaining this thought. Just because... Put your hands together. Don't get comfortable. You won't be there long. (laughs) See, this is the thing. Just because there is a thought that knocks at the door of your mind doesn't mean that you need to either let it in or give it a seat at your table or begin to entertain it by focusing on it. Have you noticed that I can, since I can only focus on one thing at one time, the more I focus on my anxiety, it obscures my Savior. I can't see my Savior clearly because all I can think about is the problem that's in front of my mind. Let me tell you how every conversation with anxiety is going to go, and it's not going to end well. It actually doesn't matter what we talk about. It's all going to be, but what if this happens? In fact, all the dialogue that I have with anxiety starts like this, but what if? But did you consider? But have you thought? And then anxiety is so creative that what it will do is paint a vivid picture of the worst case scenario, hopefully to make you panic and pull your full attention into it. So now I'm not thinking about praying. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just concerned with what's being seated at my table. I want to read a psalm to you. I think that this is such an appropriate psalm. This is Psalm 23. This is what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. My shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures and he restores my soul. That's what my shepherd wants to do. The problem is, is that if I'm entertaining anxiety, I've actually moved the shepherd out of his role out of the seat in my heart, out of the first place in my mind. Now what's sitting in front of me is all of my concerns and my worries, but that's not going to be helpful to me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of anxiety at Christmas, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, oh my gosh, how am I going to make this budget work? Oh my gosh, what will happen if I have a confrontation with my family member that I do not get along with? How is dad going to act at Christmas? How's my brother going to act at Christmas? What will happen here? What will happen there? Have you noticed that when you're in a valley, everything's a mountain? And when you're in the shadow of that mountain, right, it's obscuring the sun. Now you're in a place of darkness and you're honestly thinking, I don't even know how to get out of this place. But this is not what the psalm says. It says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, listen to the next part. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me 
in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and that is all about the protection of God. So he protects me. And my cup, it overflows. That is just a sign of prosperity and of health. And, 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 and my cup is overflowing in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I'm not saying to you that when things are happening in your world that you just pretend they don't exist. How are you going to ignore it? The reality is you're going to face some situations in your life that absolutely will be stressful. And to pretend that they're not even there and to not address them, that's not going to be helpful to you because the truth is you know that they're there. So you've got to deal with some of the things that are going on inside of your world, but you still don't have to give it a seat at your table. You still don't have to sit down and entertain all those anxious thoughts and let that be the focus of your life. You can have enemies all around you. You can have problems all around you. And in the middle of all of that, it says, my, my shepherd will prepare a table for me in the presence, but I'm not going to be afraid and I'm not going to worry and I'm not going to stress out because even though I've got all of the problems going on around me, and I told you, you can have so many stresses. I've got things going on all around me. I'm going to be okay. He's going to provide peace for my soul. I'm going to be all right, but I tell you something else I'm going to do. I'm not going to entertain the idea of anxiety. So anxiety, get out of the chair. You got to stop entertaining all the wrong thoughts and start to seat your Savior back in the appropriate space in your life so that you're not entertaining the, the wrong stuff and you're starting to engage with the one who wants to protect you, who loves you. This is what will bring you clarity of mind in the worst and bleakest circumstances of your life. Can you give these guys a round of applause? Thank you, guys. You were very good. See, just because a thought knocks on your door doesn't mean you have to open up and let it in. Stop entertaining all the wrong thoughts. That's part of the reason why you're stressing out so much. If you've been at this church for the last 12 months, you would already know this story, but around about 12 months ago, uh, I had a situation unfold in my life where uh, I was potentially getting diagnosed with an illness, right? And if it was, uh, if I if did have this illness, it would have meant treatment and, and I was not uh, enjoying that. And, and the thing is, is that every time I would go and get a blood test and it would come back, they'd say, listen, the results aren't clear and this, this count needs to be lower and this is what you need to worry about and this is what you need to be concerned with. And they, they kept telling me all of this stuff, right? So how many of you understand that just naturally, even if you're a person of faith, but for eight months, you, your test results keep coming back and they're not, they're not good. Eventually, you're going to start to feel some of that weight. And I did, you know, I started to feel it. And even though I, to be honest, I, 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 handle, I felt like I handled it very well, you know. But I would still have thoughts that would come into my head. And the devil, he doesn't have control over your whole life. But things are going to happen in your world. And I'll tell you this right now. He'll take advantage of anything that he can in your world. 
He'll take advantage of your life. He'll take advantage of the circumstances that could bring you pain. And he'll start to paint a vivid picture of what things could look like if you really did get that illness, if that situation really did work out the way that you didn't want to. He will paint a vivid picture. And so eventually, praise God, results came back. They said, you're in the clear. It's fine. And after eight months, I felt okay, you know. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm, I'm walking through a shopping center and I start to feel this pain in my left arm. And I was like, what is that? I thought I might have injured myself at the gym. And so I stopped going to the gym, but I booked an appointment with the doctor. I went in to see him and I said, doctor, I said, I've got this pain that's in my arm and I, I don't know what to do about it. And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, it's not a thing. I'm like, I hope I'm not paying you for this. He's like, that's, that's not a thing. I said, perhaps you misunderstood. I have a pain that's in my arm. Uh, I can feel it. It's absolutely there. I said, I'm not a hypochondriac. I don't frequent the GPs hoping that they will diagnose me with something so I can fixate on it. I said, that's not how I roll. I said, I don't even really want to be here. I'm telling you right now, I can feel it. He said, oh, I'm sure that you can feel it, but that thing, it's not a thing. And I said, well, what is it? Like, I started to listen to what he was saying. I said, wait a minute. I jumped ahead of the conversation. I could see where he was going. I said, you trying to tell me this is in my head? I said, are you trying to tell me that this is stress? And he said, well, I don't know. Why don't you tell me about the last 12 months of your life? Has there been anything stressful that's happened to you? I started to look back over my life and the, the my things that had happened, you know, just medical things that had happened with my wife and all kinds of other bits and pieces. I started to put these pieces together, they formed a picture and I said, okay, well, yeah, it's, it's possible that there have been some stressful things that have happened in my life. He said, that's all it is. I said, well, gosh, how do I deal with this? Because um, as, as best as I know how, I'm mentally resilient, you know? When I was going through that process, I was strong. I kept praying. I woke up. I did my job every day. I led the church through a transition. And when we changed our name, we did all these things. We were implementing all these great things and ministries. And I, I led well. And I, and, I, and I chose to be faithful through all of it. And he said, yeah, that's true. He said, but somewhere in your mind, you were still carrying the weight of that stress. And what goes in you will eventually come out of you. He said, what you're experiencing right now is just a manifestation of stress in your body. I said, well, what am I supposed to do about this? Because, because you know, I, my best attempt at everything is just to keep doing what I'm doing, to be mentally resilient, to pray, confess, believe. What do I, how do I handle this? And here's what he said. He said, every time you feel it, he said, don't try to pretend that it's not there because that'll just make you anxious because you're trying to pretend something's not there when you really know it is. And so what he said I've got to do is, is acknowledge that it's there, but confess at the same time, it's not a thing. And so I would feel it and, he'd, and I'd go, there it is. But that thing that I can feel, that's a trigger for a whole thought process about what my life could end up being like. I said that it's not a thing. And every time that would come up, I'd say, it's not a thing. And, you know, it took a couple of months, but after a few months, that thing just stopped being a thing in my life. And I want to tell you something that's important for you to understand tonight, which is if the devil gets your thoughts, he gets your peace. 
Stop handing over your peace to the enemy of your soul by entertaining anxiety, which he dropped off on the first place in a desire to obscure your picture of your Savior. Stop handing over your peace to the devil. If he's got a hold of your mind, he'll get a hold of your uh, life. He'll begin to erode your soul. And then eventually what's in you will come out of you. And you may start making decisions. You might not even be aware of, but you may start making decisions that are not good for your health. Why? Because you're trying to deal with all the stuff that's going on inside of your world. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, take every thought captive to obey Christ. Did you know you can only take captives after a battle's been fought and won? You don't take captives before, that comes after. So here's what I wanna do. I I wanna tell you three things that you can do today. Let's get practical. I think could help you so much. The first thing you need to do is settle in your heart that this battle has already been fought and it's already won. You have to determine tonight that God is either for you or is not. And the the Bible says that He is. You have to arrive at a place where you say, this is either true or it's not. And if it is, life can get so much better and I can believe in all the promises that He offers. But if there is doubt that continues to hang in your mind and you're not sure, then everything about your life is up for grabs. Maybe God doesn't really care. Maybe He doesn't love you, but that's not what the Bible says. So the first thing you've got to do is settle it in your mind that the battle has been fought and has already been won and the devil has already lost. And instead of being a victim of everything that comes into your mind and into your imagination, you can start to live from a victorious place. Maybe start to live from the victory and and, and not necessarily just make room in your life for a thought just because it decided to knock on the door. You gotta settle this thing first. The second thing that you need to do is not avoid it, not numb it. Come on. Come on, young adults, please don't numb this. Don't find a way to numb all of the stuff that you're anxious about. It's not, it's not going to help you. It will trap you and you will end up being worse off than you were before you tried to control it. So, so don't avoid it. Don't try to numb yourself to it. Don't try to control it. Here's what I want you to do. Step number two, I want you to pray it. And every anxious thought that you have, instead of that being something that triggers the cycle of anxiety, maybe when the thought knocks on the door of your life, instead of getting anxious about it, that's the trigger, that's the reminder that it's time to pray. It's just time to pray. Oh, that thought came and knocked on your door again. It's time to pray. Don't let it in. Don't entertain it. Don't, don't, don't start to envision what your future could look like if that thing really did happen and, and come to pass in your life. Don't, don't do that. Start to take some control back by praying, not physical control and trying to control all of your circumstances. If there's anything to do at this point, it's to pray that thing. Pray it all the way through. It's, that's what the trigger is for. You're going to wake up in the morning and some of you are going to wake up with anxiety. How am I going to face this day? How am I going to go into work? How can I pass my exams? How can I deal with this situation with my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my parents, all of the things that are happening in my life? How am I going to do this today, right? What, what is that? It's a trigger for you to pray. 
It's just a great reminder. You're going to go to work. And uh, by the way, work is a great way to numb all the pain in your life. In fact, you can become so fixated on whatever you're passionate about that it just becomes a great way to block out everything else. But come on now, eventually you're going to have a lunch break. And when you have a lunch break, you're going to have time to think. And if you've ever been left alone with your thoughts and you start to think, you're going to have an opportunity to entertain anxiety again. And what happens the first time that that thought comes back, What's that? Oh, that's just a trigger to pray. And so you're going to pray again. And then you're going to get home and, and you're going to see your family and everything is going to be okay because you're busy and you're, and you're having dinner. Then you're going to sit down after dinner. That thought is going to come back. What's that? Oh, that's just a trigger to pray. Before you get to bed, the thought will come back. What are you going to do? You're going to pray again and again and again. And every anxious thought that comes up in your mind, before you entertain it in your heart, you're going to start to do something about it by praying. You're going to start to pray all of those thoughts through. First Peter 5.7 says this, Cast all your anxieties on Him being God because He cares for you. Here's the point. Casting is praying. It's a beautiful picture. Just cast it onto Him. Just, just get rid of it. Well, how are you going to do that? Casting is praying. That's how you do it. If there's something in you, ignoring it is not going to help you. It's going to stay there. So here's what you got to do. You got to pray it. When you start to pray it out, you say, God, I'm not built to carry the weight of this anxiety. I'm not going to live with this in my life. Most of this is not even, even a remote possibility. I'm not leaning into these thoughts. God, you take what I can't carry. Cast all your anxieties onto God because He cares for you. Declare war on your thoughts and here's why. And lean into this point. Listen to this. Because your thoughts only have power if you believe them. That's when it gets power over you. Because if you don't believe it, it's not a problem. But you start to listen. You start to entertain it. And you start to think it through. And suddenly, without even meaning to, you're starting to believe it. And it's like it's bypassed your subconscious because you're already imagining that it's, it's a reality for you, you know. Cast all your anxieties on Him. Declare war on your thoughts. If the devil gets your thought life, he's going to get your peace. Don't let him have it. Declare war on your thoughts. This is what you do. You say, it's not a thing. It's just a thought. It's not a thing. It's just a thought. I know that it's there. Don't get me wrong. I know that it's there. I know that there's a circumstance that's trying to pull my attention, but that, that's, that's not actually a thing. That, that, that's just a thought. And I'm not going to give it any more space or any more room in my life. You've got to start to pray your mind into alignment with God's Word because if this is truth, then everything that comes against this, you've got to know is a lie. So you start to pray your mind into alignment. Now, once you've done those two things, what was the first one? Number one, settle your belief about God. Number two, you're going to pray every anxious thought all the way through. And finally, number three, you're going to round up every wrong thought that you, that because then at that point, you're going to know that it doesn't come from God. What is that? That's taking that thought captive. So you, once you're so familiar with what the Word says and you're familiar with the kind of mind frame that you should have every now and then an anxious thought you, you might just catch it walking through you don't even really remember opening the door to it but there's a thought that's going to come through it's going to start a conversation in your head like this but what if now when you hear that you're like hey what are you doing in here 
that's, that's not a thought from God. He, he doesn't start by sowing fear into my life with a statement that says, but what if, and then throwing up possibilities that haven't even happened yet. That's, that's not what God does. That, in, in, in fact, now that I'm thinking about it, that, that's, I think that's from the enemy. In fact, I, I think that that thought is designed to obscure my Saviour. I think that that thought is trying to get my mind off everything else that I'm supposed to be doing and pull my focus. And so you, what are you doing here? I want you to imagine like handcuffs. You're gonna handcuff this thought and you're gonna say, you have no authority in this place. I'm taking you captive. I'm handing you over to the one that's the Lord of my life because no one else gets a seat at my table. Only God, only Jesus. He's the one I'm going to take my counsel from. I'm not entertaining anxiety anymore. Close the door on it. Don't let it in. Don't make room for it. Never give it a seat at your table. Christmas is all about Jesus. So why don't we just let it be about Him? I want you to stand to your feet. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.